Yo, check us out with our second sponsor. And this is one that everyone could use at one time or another. Janky Town has an official printing store, Minuteman Press Chino. And you can find them at printchino.com for all your printing needs. They do business cards, invites, catalogs, flyers, brochures, and they even do large format printing, which means window graphics, car decals, stickers, signs, banners, whatever you need printed, they can print. They do apparel, t-shirts, caps, hoodies, silkscreen, direct garment, sublimation, embroidery. They also do plaques trophies but they probably don't do those participation trophies because those suck and the latest trend is all the social distancing signage so if you have a business and you need to put social distancing six feet apart signage please hit them up at printchino.com they will hook you up you can check out their work at mmp chino they're on instagram and facebook again it's mmp chino and if you mention the janky town podcast you will receive a discount of 10.69%. Nice. Check them out at printchino.com or you can always give them a call 909-465-5550. That's Minuteman Press Chino. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. They design, print, and promote you. You guys ready? Let's do it. I'm ready. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen of uh, Janky Town. If all right, you- ladies and gentlemen. Hey, um, I'm supposed to do hey, that. Um, uh, our next guest do doesn't need our any- next guest. <laughs> Is this how it's going to be? What's that, ladies and gentlemen? Kevin Ryder, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Ryder. <laughs> how are you guys? Good Woo. man, what's happening? Was that, a, was that a single clap? That was. That was me excited. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. How you doing, man? It's good to be talking to you guys again. How are you? Oh, my God. Uh, we are good considering the world's melting down all over again. It seemed like uh, it melted down once in March, and now it's melting down again. Remember when they rescheduled Coachella for November? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, man, November's so far away. What are they thinking? Yep. <laughs> and now it's freaking <laughs> December, and it's worse. <laughs> Yeah, that was insane. Yeah, because at that time, we're like, oh, well, they they pushed it back till November for a reason because they must know experts and they must know what's going down because they're smarter than us. <laughs> Turns out they nobody knew jack shit about coronavirus. Nobody knew anything. Uh, insane, man. Insane, dude. But how Man, you- I'll tell you, the Rage yeah. Against the Machine reunion was not what I expected. <laughs> the My Chemical Romance reunion. <laughs> All that Let stuff this reviewer cold just did not happen at all. 2020 <laughs> has just been a dumpster fire of beer, man. Yes, it has. Well, beer mug has Corona, so there's that. Wait, where's beer mug? <laughs> so wow. we pushed back this interview because originally we were going to talk to you last week, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, beer mug got the Rona, and I thought, right. man. Beer Mug would want to be here talking with you so bad that I didn't want to leave him out. So we pushed it back to this week, and he's still fatigued. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. It's It's not that funny. Are you laughing at a dude getting sick? I mean, I'm laughing at mugs, yes. (laughs) Yes, I am. The guy's a car. I mean, he's not terrible, is he? Want me to call him? Yeah, let's call him. Let's call him him and see what uh, what he's up to. Doesn't he have a microphone in his house? Why can't he do it if he's feeling better? It's in a common room, and Mama Muggs is in that room sometimes, so he oh, just wants okay. to stay out of that room. Yeah, I hear you. It's beginning to look a lot like COVID. <laughs> Muggs. <laughs> Muggs, that? that's uh, Mr. Kevin Ryder right there talking to you. What? Beer who's, Mug. Who's Kevin, whoa, Kevin Ryder. I What's happening, you? my friend? 
you know, just uh, recuperating from the vid. <laughs> you got the Rona? <laughs> I got the Rona. I got it good, man. But it's, you know, it's not, it's it's like out of style now. Like, everybody has it. It's not even cool anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, I had it before it was cool, sure. <laughs> that, that is true. I forgot about Kevin's that. Kevin's a Rona hipster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I had it in March before we even knew what it was. I gave it to all of you, probably. <laughs> That's funny. Muds, how come you can't talk on a microphone? Well, it's in a common area of my roommate's house. So, in my roommates, I mean parents, and uh, <laughs> I'm still still don't want uh, to maybe uh, you know give it to them because I I tested today. Uh, it's been 14 days since my first uh, symptom, so I'm still not too sure of, uh, if this thing's out of me yet. All right. I, I mean, I guess you better got to be safe yeah for that 28 day wait period (laughs) (laughs) so crazy with hey mugs um are you like now are you like truly over it or or are you still feeling some symptoms because last week you seem to be doing way better but now are you feeling like 100 what, what, what percentage are you at it's a good question though because the thing about covid is they say kind of stick it sticks sticks with you for a long time Mm -hmm. and you know uh, compared to the first week i had it i I definitely felt much improved but yesterday i felt like run down again which was weird i was i was like walking up the stairs i just felt like lethargic and i had a slight sinus headache and i i I almost thought like i was relapsing oh my god yeah it's come on mugs lethargic you're lethargic 24-7, dude. lethargic since I met you. That's true. That is true, Kevin. But, that's not yeah, a sign so, of anything except for being mugs. That's true. <laughs> uh, but it's just, it, today I feel better than I did yesterday, but I still, it's it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to what to think of it. Are you unable to smoke weed because you're afraid of your lung problem? Yeah, Kev, I have not smoked weed for about three weeks. There's uh, your problem right there. <laughs> however, however, I have taken edibles, so I that oh, that <laughs> that's my man. <laughs> Are you going to be able to record uh, next week, or or what, what, what's the that. deal yet? Okay, I can answer that. He's not. He's going to feel lethargic. I'm going to be lethargic. Exactly. Exactly, hey, Kevin. Muggs, I was just telling Kevin that we pushed back. You know, we pushed back his interview one week because we wanted you to be to be here, and you're not, which which is unfortunate. And we get it because you have the COVID. We're not going to force you. Hey, man, you have to be on the show. But do you have any questions for the great Kevin Ryder? Yes, I do, Kev. Um, how's retired life? <laughs> I lost mugs. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Did we all lose him or just me? <laughs> I think it's, uh, you know, I hope to lose him really soon, but unfortunately, <laughs> okay. he's still here. <laughs> okay. We'll see if COVID, you know, makes a comeback and then maybe it'll do us all a favor, Kevin. <laughs> Come on, COVID. How dare you guys? All right, Muggs. I never thought I'd root for it. <laughs> oh. All right, Muggs. Uh, well, feel better and hopefully you'll be uh, on uh, episode 16, dude. All right, and you know you could push Kevin uh, Kevin's appearance back another week, so we can, you know, we can do it. Uh, I don't know. Well, Kevin, did you hear that? 
Only if Mama Muggs does it. Oh, Ooh, there you go. Yeah, but but she does it topless on Zoom, right? Oh, we need some, all right. We need some sexy on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we do. And she's got to shake him for us. Oh, okay. <laughs> put him on the glass. Yeah, put him on the screen. Oh man. I oh, man. Take care. All right, Bye, brother. Kev. I miss you, man. Be better. Miss you too. I'll see you soon. Be better. <laughs> be better. He says be all better. Around, all around. In life. <laughs> be better. All right, be Muggs. better. Uh, you're all so right. good at being mugs, man. I'll tell you that much. That see you guys. See you, man. I love mugs. I miss that dude. dude. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's great. But the one thing that you could count on, though, is he's always that mugs. He's always that mugs, unless he's emotional mugs. Yeah. Because when he's emotional mugs, man, he just shuts down and he doesn't want to want to participate in any of our reindeer games. Oh, and- I know. I've heard. I text him after some of those episodes, and he's like on suicide watch. I'm yeah, like, dude. dude. And at least fake it. Give him a little bit of energy for God's sakes, man. And I'm like, oh, we're just trying to have fun here, Mux. Like, you know, yeah, no, man. I it's uh... I don't know. I'm kind of just depressed <laughs> and I just have problems. Yeah, dude. Uh, He's such a downer, right, man. man. Well, since we have the great Kevin Ryder from uh, Let's the stop calling him that. <laughs> of the Kevin and Bean show, I guess like, we got to ask the big question that everybody has been asking online and stuff. And Kevin, how many McRibs have you had up to date? I have had four, <laughs> including today. Oh, my God. Are you one of these assholes that actually likes the McRib? I got to tell you, oh, I don't know what it is. Dude. It's a mystery meat. It is. I can't even identify it as meat. I assume it's probably good for vegetarians as well. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what it is. It's very tasty. packaging. It it's is. very tasty. Oh, my God. I can't stand it. I, I find I've it disgusting. Four. There's too many <laughs> onions. Have tried it? And the pickle. The pick, tried yeah, it. I have. I, remember, I told the story like five years ago. Dave got me all hyped in it. And I went to go with my wife. I even talked my wife into going with me. And I felt like <laughs> such a dick because she's like, wow, this is disgusting. And I totally agree. <laughs> like the onions were all weird and the pickles weren't real pickles. They tasted all Listen, just old. And uh, I can agree with you that it's disgusting. Yeah. It's also really good. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like for disgusting made food. I love it. Oh, yeah, man. the way they made my McRib was just like the picture. So I was very shocked and pleased. But then, like, oh, I'm happy that Kevin is is on Team McRib. Oh, so fuck off. Oh Had my today. god, I can't believe you, man. <laughs> hey, so uh, this is you know what you, you, we talked about it. We touched on this a little bit. You had COVID before it was cool, and that is true because you tested positive for the antibodies. Can you kind of look back and pinpoint almost like when you think you actually had it? I think it was the last week of February in the first, like the last two weeks of February in the first week of March. No shit. Like sort of before we knew what it was. We were all trying to figure out what it was. For three straight weeks, I had it. I would go into work and spread it. Then I would come home and go to bed. And I would stay in bed until five the next day. Then I would go into work and spread it, come home and go to bed for three straight weeks. It was a disaster. Oh, my God. But so I didn't really know that's what it was at the time. Right. No one did. Yeah. But that but then I tested and had uh, antibodies for it. So now I'm Superman. Holy crap, (laughs) man. That's 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 insane. But so you didn't suffer from any like the, you know, like ventilator complications or at any time you didn't feel like you had to go to the hospital or anything like that. No, well, you know what's weird is that I, because we didn't know it was coronavirus, I wasn't paying attention to whether I was having breathing problems, oh. but I wasn't. 
Okay. You know what I mean? Like, so right. if I had breathing problems, I would have thought this is maybe pneumonia instead of just the flu. But at the time, I thought it was just the flu and I didn't really have breathing problems. So I do remember the night I was going to call in sick was a Sunday night. And I went, got on the email and I was like, I'm really sorry, you guys, I got to. And then I looked at the email and Allie had just sent in the exact same email oh, that no. she was really sick and she wasn't going to be able to come in. So I was like, oh, man, I'm screwed. Now, so then I just came in and for, spread it for three weeks. I remember her saying that she swears she had it, too. Do you guys think you guys had it at the same time? Is that possible? I'm, yes. Um, and I don't want to blame it on anyone in particular. You know, but, okay. <laughs> you know, someone came back from Wuhan, China. Oh, man. Uh, just before both of us got it. Listen. So I'm um, sure that that was completely unrelated. You're but. not You're not the first to say this, but uh, we had her on uh, Stryker and Klein, and uh, she tested herself for the antibodies, and she showed proof that she tested negative for the antibodies is what she showed us you know i I don't know who you're talking about first (laughs) of all second of all (laughs) the thing was this when she came back yeah the story was just breaking it was it's true mid to late february it was at the time when everybody it was still a joke remember yes we were we're all all joking about it was a world away and we weren't going to ever have it and blah 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 and she or he, I'm not saying it was a she, but she or he <laughs> came back and we said, did you get tested? And she said, yes. And I was like, all right, that's fine. And then later I thought there was no test in late February. That wasn't even oh, a yeah. thing yet. Yeah, yeah. The Nobody test didn't come out to like midsummer or something like that, right? Right. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. So then I thought, well, oh, okay. Well, she got tested at the doctor for whatever the flu or whatever but right look i don't i'm not saying he or she gave it to me i'm just right. saying it was a weird coincidence <laughs> well i'm glad you survived it man and then Same. uh yeah so uh now so i want to talk a little bit about you know when we started janky town podcast the very first episode what we did is kind of reflected on post d-day uh and you know what i'm talking about and kind of I like do, you yes. know uh you know <laughs> what our decompression period was and how we were dealing with the COVID times and the weird ass world that just got thrown upon us. Uh, how was it for you just recently being let go and then you're in the middle of a pandemic where it went from it seemed like it went from a joke to super serious in a matter of days. And that yeah, in the it, middle of that you got let go from K-Rock. How was how was how's your situation, man? It was sort of odd in that when I got fired, I just sort of wanted to stay home and sleep. Mm-hmm. And so I was cool with the world stopping because <laughs> I, I don't mean I was cool with other people getting it, but I mean, no, I know for me personally, yeah. I wanted to stay home. I wanted to sleep. I wanted to watch TV and just sort of do nothing. Right. And I just did that probably for two months before I wanted to go do something. And then I realized, oh yeah, this is an actual thing and other people are actually suffering. And right. Man. Uh, did you ever get a weird feeling during that time? Because I still, to this day, am not a vacation guy. And if my if I wake up in the middle of the night and it's 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., that little rush of panic. Did you ever you know go through that at all during you know those times? Because you have been working in morning radio for 31 years. I think old habits are harder to you know, let go. I um, felt like that every single day. Okay. And not just in the morning, but like in the afternoon, I would think, okay, well, I need to start getting ready for work tomorrow so I can go to bed on time. Right. So I can get up early. And then I would realize, oh, I'm not going. 
And that happened probably for three straight months, Wow, I would say. Crazy. And to this day, I wake up from four to six, Omar. Four to six, <laughs> wide awake, get- ready to run a marathon, perfectly healthy and happy. Yeah. Pissed because I don't have to get up now. <laughs> right. And when I had to get up, it was really difficult. But now, for some reason, from four to six, I'm awake. I do social media. I read whatever. Yeah, you text me. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, do. I, I was, you, I, was that's true. I was driving to work and te- Kevin's texting me. I was like, what the hell? What guy, are you partying right now? What are you doing? He's on nah, that, man. I'm up and working. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. crazy. That hasn't stopped yet. Wow. So I'll wait and I'll go to bed at one thinking to myself, I'm going to sleep right through this. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's and about 4.15. I just wake up. My eyes are wide open. Oh, my God. I feel that- great. I have a lot of energy. I'm just like. God damn it. This is so Yeah, ridiculous. because that was always like the big joke. Like when you are not doing that job anymore, you get to sleep yep. in. You know, that's the, yep. yeah, we're not going to, you know, wake up till 7 a.m., 8 a.m. And now you can't do it, dude. That's 7 a.m., uh, 8 a.m. sounded like it was so late. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was just going to be so <laughs> great. But I mean, you know, I wake up from 4 to 6 and then I go back to bed and try to take a nap from 7 to 8. 7 to 8.30. It's not yeah. very glamorous, and I wish I could sleep through, but I just can't yet. So, so that's uh, about three months of your life, and what sparked your interest into getting into writing a book? I have stories. Oh, uh, yeah, we know. Yeah, and I, we, we, we can't wait to read the book because there's some of them that, I, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, that you couldn't tell until you were let, let go. So some of those stories are in there. Yeah, some of those stories are in there, and okay. I had to do, and, and it's, here's what I'll say about writing a book. It's a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. Even if you're good at it, you write, and you write, and you write, and you throw out 80% of it, and then you start to form what the chapter is going to be, and then you throw out more of it, and you just have to keep writing and trying stuff and figuring out what fits in the story and what doesn't fit in the story, and it takes a tremendous amount of work. So, like, I did a chapter on Confess Your Crime. Oh, awesome. I can't wait. Like, and that's to do the that. Stuff, that's the stuff, man. That's the stuff yes. that we only hit, heard bits and pieces because you didn't want to kind of, like, incriminate yourself and sluggles yep. involved. And nobody really knew how much you can say about it. But now, no holds barred. Oh, man. And I went back and I talked to Sluggo and I talked to Andy, our boss at the time. Oh, and man. I talked to everybody that was involved. And, you know, the only person who can't help me at all with memory is Bean. He's got nothing. (sighs) I'll say, Bean, what do you remember about the time that we were in court with the FCC? Because we had to wear our stupid, you know, looking suits and go to court. (laughs) And we had a defense lawyer and they had three FCC attorneys and there was a judge. And I remember sitting in the chair looking at the judge and the judge was screaming at me. Uh Uh-huh. And the three FCC lawyers were screaming at me and our defense lawyer was jumping up and objecting. And I just looked, I thought like I had an out of body experience where I saw myself and I just thought, never forget this. This is going to be one of the greatest <laughs> moments of your life. And so I texted Bean and I said, do you remember what is it that comes to your mind from just that time period? He goes, can we talk to the FCC? Oh my God. He, he just blocks he out literally, so much stuff. It's crazy. He's going to want to read it more than anyone because he doesn't remember almost anything. Now, are you uh, watching Unsolved Mysteries to kind of like reboot your memory too? To be like, (laughs) oh yeah, and that. It's strange because I talked to Sluggo for hours and I talked to Andy for hours. And I, you know, when I'm writing about um, calling the president of France, Jacques Chirac, and I talked to Ralph for an hour and a half, like... 
just getting his perceptions and his memories and what did we when did we come up with the idea and how did we think about it and it um it sort of starts coming back when you talk to other people who were there and i sort of you know i take notes and i have to figure it out it's a lot of damn work but i wanted to do it right yeah if i'm only going to write one book in my life i wanted this to be really good and well researched and not just my crappy memory and so it's taken a long time but I'm extremely happy with it so far. And uh, I'm not going to finish it ever, but I'm <laughs> extremely happy with it. Yeah, but what gave you this bright idea that I could do a book? Like, is it just all the stories you have, or is it just like, like, what's the book going to be about? Is it going to be all the stories, or the autobiography about Little Kevin lighting fires in the field no, and then no. making his way up, to, or it's just all me as a DJ? It's it's 90% the 30 years that I spent at K-Rock. But yeah. the truth is that I've always been a pretty good creative writer. Now, I can't speak, so that's a <laughs> problem. But I can write pretty well. You're being modest, dude. You write extremely well, and you're very entertaining. I wrote, because uh, when you sh- you know send out like show ideas and stuff through email, you, they were so funny and concise and it was only like you know a couple of sentences and you get to the point really good dude i mean you're short selling yourself there you're very very i should have written my part of the radio show then because that would have really helped there wouldn't be any moments with kevin oh my god thank you omar but yeah so i've always sort of known that i can write and i like it as an outlet and it takes a lot more work than i thought and i'm at a point now where i'm 80 percent done okay but mentally i'm over it <laughs> just because yeah I, i'm sure it's I a huge it undertaking done. yeah yes and it takes a lot of time and now right now the second i'm writing about beans final day and i have to put my phone in the bedroom and i have to put the remote control to the tv in the bedroom and i have to sit in this chair and i force myself to write because i'm just sort of so over it and it's so much more work than i had any idea the people out there who are authors that hear everybody say oh i'm gonna write a book i'm gonna write a book that must be super annoying because it's a really (laughs) difficult process let me ask you this when you were going through doing all the research at any moment did anything drum up a bad memory that you had to relive but didn't want to because it was so excruciating you know it was painful or kind of anything like that i mean honestly <laughs> the confess your crime chapter. I ended up calling Andy Schoen, who was our boss at the time, mm-hmm. and Trip Reeb, who was our boss at the time. Oh, you talked to Trip? Yep. How's his one good eye? <laughs> oh, you just you, you just called him. <laughs> I did put that in the book, though. Oh, you I did. did? Talk about <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but but so when I was going back through that, I was like, we were so incredibly stupid. Every single step along the way where we had a decision to make Mm -hmm. we were idiots and we made another mistake and another mistake and we compounded our problems and we lied to the media and we lied and (laughs) and andy and trip both told our boss hey we think they're good guys they just made a mistake yeah and they 100 percent should have fired us and so just going back through that story alone i felt like these guys gave us all of their faith and we repaid them by being complete <laughs> idiots. And then they still stuck by us. And how different is that than now, you know? Yeah. 
And, and so I ended up calling both of them and saying, I'm really sorry. That was, I was an idiot. And yeah. they were like, yeah, we knew. We knew you were an idiot. And at, at, that, mo- at that moment, you were at K-Rock for how long when the confessor crime happened? We were there for six months. It happened Jesus. in June of 1990. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You really got, you guys went for broke, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, so listen, that, yeah, we I'll thought that. that we would be there six, six months and then we would be fired. We didn't know we were going to make it happen. Wow. But yeah. So going back, I would go back and search the LA Times articles and there was a writer from the LA Times that was hiding out by the elevators at five in the morning, you know, it's all this stuff wow. that I forgot that were that was part of the story. And I I know dates now from searching that kind of stuff. It was it was June of nineteen ninety. And then again in April of nineteen ninety one when the LA Times found out that it was a lie. Oh my God. It was a crazy, crazy full year of just being idiots and being lucky to still have a job. Let me ask you something along those lines. Um, since you guys kind of got reprimanded and kind of got put in your place, were there any ideas after that that you guys decided against, but you really wanted it to do, but you were kind of like, oh, a little gun shy? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> that should have been the case, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so you just, I mean, just go for it, huh? No, you know what? It was, it was, that particular thing was a very, very stupid thing to do. Yeah. We had a bit that wasn't going well. We called Sluggo. We said, hey, call and confess to something. Like, every step of the way, that was stupid. So, no, we didn't do that, anything like that again. But, yeah. but we all, but they kept telling us, listen, try stuff, get in trouble. It's okay. That's what we want. For, you know, for a while. And so we did, and we kept trying, and they kept supporting us. It was... Wow, that's awesome. It was an amazing time in the 90s, yeah. And it was kind of like... the day, do you think it worked? Like, the whole publicity stunt and and all that trouble? Um, was it worth it? Did, did it... You mean confess your crime? It it? Yeah. No. No. No, that was... That's something... Like, Omar just asked me if it's... If there's anything that really made me feel bad to relive it. That's something that makes me feel like an idiot. And it's not really who I am, and it's not really who Bean was, and it's not really who Sluggo was. He didn't have any idea what was going on. So, I don't know. It was just that whole thing. Every time we saw coverage, we knew we were the idiots who lied, and it never made us feel good. And it was just, I wish we hadn't done it. Yeah, and you guys kind of were flying by the seat of your pants. You just probably got the idea, and it was a spur-of-the-moment thing, right? Ten seconds. Yep. Yeah. We said, yeah, oh, exactly. you know what we should do? We called Sluggo. We said, Sluggo, the song's fading. He he was high and just barely asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so he was trying to wipe the sleep out of his eyes, and he was high, and we were like, listen, listen, and you just have to call, and then quickly, and then say something that you did something, and then we just put him on the air and did it, and it was just ridiculous. Oh and then I remember God. walking with, I said, Bean, come with me, and we went to the bathroom, on the ninth floor of Bur- the Burbank yeah. building where we were. <laughs> yeah, right? And he said, the water sure is cold. And I said, yeah, it's deep. No, I said, um, <laughs> we need to lie about this because we've only been here six months and nobody likes us. Mm-hmm. And if we tell the truth, we'll be fired. That was me. And he said, all right. And so that was our plan. We walked back out. We walked in. We just started lying to everybody. And it was wow. just like, 
crazy every step of the way i look back and i go what an idiot man jesus uh this that leads me to my next question uh you know i think dave and i were really really fortunate when we stepped into the kevin bean show because i think dave stepped in in 1999 and um i didn't get on a hop on board until about 2001 so you guys were already had pretty good chemistry and synergy but in the early days was there ever an idea that you guys disagreed on or really kind of felt strongly about but you know, you guys fought on because when we were kind of together, you guys mostly agreed on if it was funny. Yeah, let's do it kind of deal. Yeah, it was sort of always like that. Like I said, I'm, I'm writing about Bean's last day and mm-hmm. there couldn't be anybody on this planet that's further, more opposite from me than Bean. And we always sort of agreed on the fact that neither of us understood how at the end of the day, we make a hundred decisions a day. Yeah. Neither of us understood how we didn't argue more. Yeah. I mean, we did argue. Of course we argued. And of course right. we fought sometimes. And But considering all of the decisions we made in the course of a day, we sort of were just committed to doing the show. And if Bean thought it would work and I didn't, but he really believed in it, I'd just go along. And yeah. he did the same thing. If I believed something would work and he wasn't really into it, he'd go along with it just because, you know, because we were committed to the show. And that dynamic, by the way, for me, like in, in hindsight, right? At the time when I was going through it, this was, you know, and remember when I was your board up and I wouldn't say shit in the back in the corner yep. of the room? Oh, those are the good old days when you wouldn't talk. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Janky Town, if you're listening, I ran the board for Kevin Bean for maybe three to four years, and I just wouldn't talk. I would just be in the corner running the board and just all business. Um, but I experienced the well-oiled you had your machine. Eye your guy lighter on. <laughs> yeah, I had all that stuff. Um, <laughs> your cure shirt. But in hindsight, yeah, it's really cool to look back and see how how fluid everything worked and how everything jived. And that, 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 that dynamic is uh, very hard to replicate because, you know, now I'm part of Striker and Klein and, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to find our, our footing and it's a difficult thing to find. It's a, it's, um, I thought that it would be a shorter process. It's a three to five year process. It's crazy, man. Sort wow. of to settle in, understand who you are, understand the kind of stuff you can do and the kind of stuff you can't pull off. It takes a long time. So speaking a little bit about the early on uh, K-Rock days... In the early 90s, you guys were fresh and new, but then you guys kind of became super huge in the mid to late 90s. Was there ever a, like a point where you guys like like had an it moment? Like, wow, like Kevin and Bean Show is a thing and it's a huge thing. I, I don't I don't think we ever felt that way. No, I, I don't. No, I don't think we ever did because... Wow. Honestly, with that job, it was a little bit overwhelming. As you know, being on the inside, there was always, it's like you're trying desperately to hold something up, but it's a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. And so you're always focused on the next day, the next day, the next day. And it was, it, it was hard during our career to ever pull back and have any perspective on, wow, this is an amazing run or we're being really successful right now. It was always about urgent. What's the next day? What's the next thing? Who's the next guest? And wow. there was no real perspective. There was no time for perspective. But even when you're on stage interviewing Bono and, uh, you know, like drinking a Guinness with Bono, like, <laughs> like what is happening in your life, Kevin? I'm no, listen, I had a, what is happening moment every day. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was, there were so many insane moments where I just thought, what is happening to me right now? And when are they going to notice that I'm 
out of place and come drag me off and tell me that I'm having a dream and this is ridiculous. I shouldn't be there. I never stopped feeling like that ever. I just, I was out of place. I didn't feel like I deserved it. And what was happening when I was going, when I was on stage with Bono drinking a Guinness with yeah. champagne, um, I was thinking, don't F this up because this is Bono and this is you too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was yeah. a little scared and the moment was a little bit too big and I wasn't quite big enough. And I just, it that feeling never left me. You guys were always the ones who like, you know, weren't afraid to speak your minds and stuff. Did that cause any enemies other than like Rick D's? Did you guys start any beefs <laughs> with anybody else that you were just shocked? Like, oh, this guy's, these guys hate us. There were a lot of people who hated us, Dave. You know that. Um, <laughs> but no, because... Anybody that's honest, if you're honest and you really say how you feel, for the most part, you're going to have a lot of people who disagree with what you say and dislike you for it. And you just sort of get used to that. I'll tell you one thing that I found out, Dave, was that I went back in um, for Confess Your Crime. I went back to the L.A. Times, I was telling you, and I was so surprised by Jim Ladd from KLOS. I didn't remember this. He was livid with us he was crazed and he would give an interview like i don't know why these guys even have a show they're the worst human <laughs> beings on the planet and i didn't remember that at all but i just went back and i was started doing like i went down the rabbit hole of jim ladd from klos and man he had it out for us and i don't exactly know why but i mean i can understand why people were upset with us so that Never really surprised me, but there were a lot of people like that that I didn't remember who really hated us. And it just rolled off my back because I was sort of getting used to the fact that that's going to be the response you get from some people. Gring, 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 gring. Hey, you know what time it is? It's time to get. Stop. Mm -hmm. Don't say McRib, you fucker. <laughs> okay. Well. And uh, it's, it's sponsor time. Hey, uh, this time around, we're going to talk about. Our favorite sponsor, I mean, all of our sponsors are our favorite sponsor, but man, Princhino has, they have gone to bat for us along with the, with uh, this web developer because they have merch. They have Jankytown merch that they're making yeah. for us, which is amazing. And one thing I wanted to talk before we talk about Princhino and the merch is that Princhino and Robert over there at Princhino.com made some postcards for you, Dave. And I, I, I'd stop there. What does a man like you need postcards for? Like, what, what's that about? So, you know, I, I went on a trip to Colorado and I thought I'd be cool and, you know, send out a memory from Colorado to all our friends. Like, say hi the old-fashioned way. Because remember, we're supposed to save the post office. Oh, right, right, well, right. Well, I didn't do it in a timely manner. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I that was like a year got ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was earlier this year. And I thought, you know what? Maybe Robert from, from uh, and Princhino could do it. And it literally took two days, dude. <laughs> Jesus, it man. took two days from when so I said, fast. hey, dude, is this possible? And he's like, yeah, just send me the picture. Send him the picture. He goes, well, this picture sucks. So I'm going to make <laughs> it better. He did. And he showed me. He sent me back the proof. And I go, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And two days later, the fucking postcards were in my mailbox. Hey, That's how fast he did it. You sent those to uh, friends, you say? Yes. Um, I've been checking my mailbox and uh, nothing, uh, no postcard from uh, Mr. Dave Sanchez. Uh, am, yeah, am I, he, do I not make the cut? No, I sent one to Glendale. I, I haven't lived in Glendale in Glendale in like 15 years, Dave. It's been 15 fucking years, man. 
Oh, damn. I got to update my <laughs> you're, Facebook, You're a bro. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dave's an asshole, but you know who's not an asshole? Robert at Princino.com. <laughs> Business cards, envelopes, invites, catalogs, flyers, large format stuff that could go. They could do window graphics, lettering. If you have a business, you need some social distancing signage. Social distancing. That's hard for me to say. I don't know why I have a problem with that. They, can you say it okay, Dave? Social distancing. Social distancing. I don't know. Uh, yep. But but uh, signage. Yeah, any kind of signage, you know, they, they could hook you up. And if you want some stickers, they could hook you up. They made some great Jankster stickers. And we just tweeted out that that's not brown rice uh, sticker, which is amazing. And if you want to visit Robert down over there in Chino, the address is 13641 Central Avenue, Suite O. That's in Chino, California, 9170. They're uh, open from 8 a.m. to 5 a.m. If you go down there, Robert has no problem PM. hooking you up. Yes. Oh, did I, did I add some PM? Okay, yeah, PM. And yeah, um, yeah you, you could check out his little shop that he has there. And uh, all their work is available to preview on their social handles. So you definitely want to make it a point to check them out on Facebook and Instagram. Their handle is MMP Chino. You mentioned Janky Town, and they're going to give you a discount of 10.69% off any purchase. And right now, what I'm going to do is, uh, well, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, my wifey's always wanted a mug. So it's so funny that I'm going to give her a Janky Town mug and a mug with, <laughs> with my children just because Robert made a Janky Town mug. I need to have one just because it's our ugly mugs on a mug. I just find <laughs> find that part of it very, very funny. But yeah, he can do it all. And Dave, let him know about where you could get the merch. Yeah, if you're interested in a Jankster t-shirt or a Janky Town mug, as Omar mentioned, just go to the website, janky.town. There's a big uh, green uh, bar on top click it it goes right to print chino's store and boom you order it and within i don't know weeks months date no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh then you place your order and then you'll get your shirt and mug and you know what robert is also including jangsta stickers and that's not brown rice stickers in with every order so make sure you go do that and also, if you're a Dodger fan or if you want like some custom coffee mugs made, he has a side hustle. You can find him on Instagram. It's at L&R Creation Store. That's on Instagram, at L&R Creation Store. That'll link to their Etsy shop, and you can see all the cool stuff that they do. They have these uh, cute little doggy mugs that uh, Dave's in love with and uh, all the stuff that... <laughs> cute. All the stuff that Robert does is like way more professional that we're used to. Like all the merch that we got, we 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 wouldn't have it without him because he's the guy who took the reins um, or took the horn by the bull or what the initiative. Do? Yeah, he took the initiative and he <laughs> horns made it, by the bull. Uh, whatever, whatever that expression <laughs> is. I don't know. I'm tired, but uh, yeah. So he does all that for us. Imagine what he can do for you. Hit him up at printchino.com. The number again nine zero nine four six five fifty five fifty. They design, print, and promote you. So you, you were talking a little bit about um, suffering from, I think it's called imposter syndrome because... That's what it is. Thank you. Okay. So uh, I suffer from that a tremendous amount because I feel like, uh, you know, I also have a little bit of survivor's guilt because I'm still at the station, right? And a bunch of my friends yeah, got let go. What'd you say? <laughs> What's that? No. What'd you say, Dave? You had a little coffin to Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, even even when you you know got into both Hall of Fames, both Radio Hall of Fames, that 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 still never went away. Those were the ultimate imposter syndromes. Are you why? That was the ultimate. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just well, I know that the. The one that happened in Las Vegas, they gave us one day off. And I remember, <laughs> yeah. I remember rushing to Vegas 
and getting the award and having to give a speech, which I was very worried about because I, it was the ultimate imposter moment. Yeah. And then we had to fly home because we had a show to do the next day. So I remember that Bean and I ran from the ceremony to the bathroom, changed back into our shorts, caught our flights <laughs> home and did the show the next day. So it was kind of like everything was such a whirlwind. You just, yeah. like I said, you never had time to pull back and look at your career. Even at an event like that, that's sort of, that's what it's made for. I never felt like more of an imposter than standing at that podium. That was... That's insane, man, I, because if you were to ask, you know, all your fans, and uh, we, you know, I, I do want to talk about your fans and uh, the, the <laughs> tremendous support that they've shown you through, throughout this ordeal. Agreed. Um, I would like to talk about that, too. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's it's especially with social media once social media er erupted i would feel like maybe some of that subsides because they are there on the social media giving you the props you know and it's not the ratings i know the ratings matter you know to keep your job or whatever but what i feel like is the interaction with the fans and what they like what you're doing and they they're, they're also tell you what they don't like too you know yeah we would get both yeah we would get both and that is one thing that I've come to realize when I look at my entire career is I don't think there's a radio station in history that has had a more hardcore audience than K-Rock. Yeah. And maybe even more than, than we deserved kind of a thing, you know? It was sort of like we were a radio station for people who didn't feel like they were the jocks or the cool kids. Yeah. And... Their support for us was, in every single moment along the way, was crazy overwhelming. It never, that's another thing that felt like an imposter syndrome. Like, these people like me more than they should because I know me. <laughs> I, I know how much I should be liked. And the people who are fans of what that radio station was yeah. are and were the most crazy hardcore fans ever. And it was really difficult sometimes to accept. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the response and the love you got post D-Day, because I imagine that's one of the reasons, you know, you're starting up your, uh, your new project and your new ventures. Yeah, it was, this is going to sound weird. So I hope everybody keeps it in perspective. Right after I got fired, I was trying my best to figure out how to not be angry. How do I not be bitter? I don't want to be a bitter person. I want to be a happy person. Uh, when I looked back, I made up my mind. I was talking to Kevin Weatherly, who left, left in quotes, the <laughs> three weeks before us. And, you know, we said, look, the way to look at this is we were part of something huge and it was amazing and nothing's ever going to change that. And so right after I got fired, I got so many people that were upset on my behalf yeah and it was it was too overwhelming for me so i literally had to stay off of social media for a month or two because people were so incredibly supportive and upset that i didn't it made it harder on me i didn't know how to process all of it and so i kind of had to stay away from it for a while and now I've sort of gone back slowly and started, you know, interacting with people. But it's the passion that people had for us and for that show and for that station was just always overwhelming. It always made me feel like it was too much and I 
didn't know what to do. And I know that Bean felt the exact same way when he left. Mm -hmm. It was overwhelming. Everybody's messages to him, it overwhelmed him. And you don't know what to say or how to thank people for that. So you were cool with them like two weeks later going, so what's your next project? What are you going to do next? 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 Come on, come on, do something. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't have any interest. I, I decided that because I had some time off, my contract ended at the end of November of just a week ago or something. Mm-hmm. So I had some time. I couldn't work before then. So I was just going to do nothing. I started writing the book. I wanted to have time to do that. And now I finally decided that I'm going to do a podcast and I would like to announce that it's going to be Psycho Mike and I, and we're going to do a podcast called Great News. Cool. And we're going to do it on YouTube. So we're going to do it from a studio and it's going to, you can get the audio version of it wherever you get podcasts, but it's also going to be on YouTube. So every show will be 45 minutes to an hour of live video of us on stage telling stories of inspirational people, but also you know, doing the nonsense that Mike and I <laughs> inevitably end up doing. But on the YouTube, you're, you'll be like mostly framed out because nobody wants to see your ugly mug, right? It's Correct. Just, <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah the no, video I'm going- person is going to need, a, you're going to need a good color coordinator because like, <laughs> he, you know, Mike's brown luscious face and then your pasty yeah. white face, like uh, he, they're going to have to mix it really well. Dave, nobody's going to be looking at me and I'm good with that. <laughs> well, that's so awesome. I just, like, just like to put, you know what? I should just be in the shadow and then Mike should be, lit and then everything would be fine and <laughs> but, uh, you know that's that's sort of a part of who i am i'm always almost stupidly optimistic almost naively optimistic i've always sort of been that person there's always hope there's always inspiration there's always somebody out there that's doing something that you can look at and go wow that's genuine and real and love and it's important and so that's always sort of been a part of who i am so i'm really excited to start this project we're going to do it on starting january 4th and um you know mike's the beefcake and and uh, i'm the shadow guy yeah and i cool. love so january 4th january youtube 4th. and it's called great nudes where you guys take a no, look no, at great news not nudes not nudes dave said great news. Not news. <laughs> oh, it's great oh, news oh, with kevin and mike oh news not news <laughs> yes okay, got it. right got it. it's very different okay it was, so. i was a lot more excited when it was great news so <laughs> You know, that's right, why cool. you guys were talking about Mike so much. All right, <laughs> and man, You're I, hoping. I was just going to say, you couldn't have picked a more perfect person because, you know, speaking of great news, both of you guys uh, are gen- probably the best people that I know. Like, you know, when you hey. find a good person, not Dave. Take it easy. Dave's, Dave's here. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, when you find somebody who's a genuine good person and you make it a point to have that person in your life and you're like this person I want to be in my life just because I know he is he doesn't fake the funk those both of you guys are that like that so I love that that interesting you know dynamic and I hope that you guys are able to convey that to people because I know your fans already do know that but obviously the goal is to acquire new fans and to blow it up agreed right I mean it's the kind of thing that I've been doing on social media the whole time just because I love those stories yeah so I, I like to see, I can watch videos all day long of somebody coming home from the military and surprising their kids. I can't watch those. kids going crazy. I can't watch those either. Make me cry. They, they make me cry too. Yeah. Yeah. They make me cry too. And I love it. <laughs> Do you like, really? I really love that kind of intense emotion. Wow. And a long time ago, I sort of made up the fact that I'm a crier and I'll live. And I think it's, 
I think it's a positive. I don't know for sure, but I've just learned to embrace it and go, you know what? I like that part of me. I like the part of me that is very emotional. And this project appeals to that. Cool. So that makes me very happy. Yeah. One of the weirdest things from Kevin was that he once told me that he has a playlist of songs to cry to. And I'm like, what? What, what are you fuck? talking about? Right? Who does that? What kind of? I don't know what you're talking about. Dude, you guys talked about it on the air. Yeah, no, no. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I listen, you're making me sound crazy. Well, um, you are. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm a real, like, mood guy. Yeah. So if I'm bummed about something, I put on sad music, and it and I relate. The mood is perfect. If I'm feeling happy, I'm going out for the night, I put on a different playlist, and it's party music, and it's all that kind of stuff. But I'm yeah. a very emotional person, yeah. so I try to match my emotion to the music I'm listening to. And when I'm at my saddest, there are songs that I like to listen to. All right. And one of them is California Love. <laughs> <laughs> when that verse comes in, you know, you're like, yeah, I love it. Uh, <laughs> right? Starts crying. R.I.P. Tupac. <laughs> hey, um, so, you know, I'm not fully sold on this project. You know, great news. I'm not sure if, okay. uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch or I'm going to listen because you have to answer one very important question. Yeah, shorts. No, no, I don't care oh. what you wear. You could be, <laughs> okay. I don't care what you wear. That's fine. Um, What's the important question? Are you going to have Sam, the Armenian comedian, <laughs> involved in this show somehow? I haven't figured out a way to work him into that topic. I got it, Kevin. Because I, I have, he's not exactly great news. Well, let's call Here's him. The, you know how this is always like. I, oh, <laughs> let's see if he picks up. Very excited right now. <laughs> he usually, always picks up. Months. Hello. Hey, Sam. This is uh, Janky Town calling. We have Dave, the King of Mexico, Omar Khan, and. Guess who's on the phone, dude? Kevin from the Kevin and Bean Show is on the phone with you. Wow. Happy holiday, Kevin. To you too, Sam. How have you been? Hey, man. I'm just hanging around with the live and I go and play backgammon every day. I have a new joke for you guys. <laughs> yeah, you okay. do. I, I'm the judge. Sam, the judge. I don't know what you're saying. Right now. <laughs> what do you mean you're the judge? I'm Sam the Judge. Uh, what does and that then mean? Mickey Mouse and Speedy Gonzalez, they approach me. They ask me, what the hell are we going to do about the Donald Trump war? I said, I know. So no more President Trump, no more Biden. It's going to be. I'm the Armenian comedian, the president of all Armenia all over the world. Okay, so Sam. you want to be the president of the world? Yes, for Armenian people. <laughs> so you want to be because the president of the world for Armenian people, but not for anyone else? Oh, all over, all over, man. Whatever you guys want to do. I want to do breakfast show. I have a spot for you in Glendale. <laughs> hey, Sam, hey, Sam, hey, Sam, you haven't talked to Kevin in a long ass time, dude. Do you have any questions for him? Kevin, I love you guys. You are all my hero angel from the south. Not a question. Wow, that isn't a question. Hey, Sam, tell us a holiday joke. Oh, uh, uh, come Rudolph Reindeer has a red nose because he's drinking with Santa Claus. Whenever he sees Mrs. Santa, there goes his shy, shy, shiny nose. Shyness. 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 That was close. There it is right there, everybody. Hey, Sam. 
Hey, I'm not finished. To repay Santa Claus, oh, he's he leaves the right home to repay. He leaves the bad home to get away. Okay, mm, that hey, was Sam. a big ending. I'm glad we waited. <laughs> <laughs> hey Sam, if people want to call you and get more holiday uh, jokes, what's your phone number? Area code seven four seven two three eight seven six seven eight one. You always get your number wrong, Sam. <laughs> it's seven four seven two eight three six seven eight one. What the hell's wrong with you? No, two three eight. It's two eight three. I just dialed you, you fucko. Oh, for true. <laughs> what is happening? Sam's giving out the wrong phone number. For do you miss this, Kevin? <laughs> wow, I do. Hey, hey, you know what? We gotta do some Christmas show together, please. Okay, I agree. You have to gear me up with your cut. Hey, do you wait? Do you see the when I was doing break dancing as a Santa Claus long time ago? That's hilarious. Yeah, that was Sam. Sure. Yeah. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. So, Kevin and Psycho Mike are going to start a new show called Great News, January 4th. It's going to be available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. And Kevin wants to offer you a job, but you have to go through an audition process, okay? So, you want to audition right now? Sure. Okay. So, basically, what the show is going to be is going to be about Let me great. tell him, Omar. Okay, yeah. Let go for it. Him. Go for it. All right. Um, Sam, what we're going to do is we're going to sometimes large... Stories about blue. <laughs> Go ahead. Go, Sam. Audition. So, what? I didn't. You were just numbing. Uh, you were not completely finishing the word. What's that? No, you I was saying what finished. we need. Tell us three times under the water. No, cutting off. You're cutting off. I don't understand uh, you. You're blowing this audition, is. Sam. You're blowing it, dude. This is your All chance right, Omar, to be on TV. You, can you translate for me, Omar? Okay, sure. <laughs> he hung up. up. He hung up. <laughs> he hung up. <laughs> he hung up. That was the first time in the history of our, the Armenian comedian that he hung up on us. What the? Uh, wow. That, well, that, congratulations that, to both of you. Wow. Now, Omar. I have a way for, for you to work in Sam. Okay, hold on. Before you get to that. Yeah. Omar, yeah. I want to talk about him giving out the wrong phone number. Yeah. <laughs> he Was he giving out the wrong phone number on purpose so people didn't call him? No. No, no, no. He was trying to give out the right phone number. Absolutely. My man, Sam, he's like... Borderline. He had it wrong. But yeah, he's borderline senile now, now. He only has like one tooth and yeah, he's like all <laughs> bald. Yeah, he's in rough shape, all right. Kevin. All right, I'm sorry, Dave. How did you want me to work him into great news? Since great news and you want these feel-good stories, what's more of a feel-good story than going from an ugly swan to a beautiful... Or what's the ugly duckling to a beautiful swan? Who, someone who used to be fat, but now they're all that. I think you need to get someone to glam up Sam and make him give him a makeover. Yes, and, and don't then you think it's too late, dude? Don't no. you think it's too late for dude, Sam? Think about all the teeth you could put in there, but make it like you know, like Dave. diamonds and stuff like that, dude. That would be that would hit the heartstrings of listen, everybody. Listen, Mark Cuban doesn't have enough money to help help Sam. Who's got that kind of money? Yeah. Oh man, I can't believe I'm actually pissed that he hung up on us. He hung up on us. Why, Omar? That's, a, that's an accomplishment no, that we no, finally no. ran him off. But that's something that we do. You know, he took away that joy of us hanging up on him. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he just ripped me off. I like very much that he made you mad with that. Oh, I like man. that very much. That's hilarious, man. Uh, hey, yeah, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to work him into that. Uh, 
I I think that's a, that's a big that's a big listen, miss for you guys, man. Listen, who knows where this is going to go or how it's going to go? I know that Mike loves Sam a lot, yeah. so who knows? Have you guys started brainstorming about any kind of uh, you know different segments or bits that you guys are going to be doing on the show? Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while, and I'll tell you, it's um, we have this weird studio that's in the round, mm-hmm. and it's super bizarre. And we're going to be able to control the cameras with like an iPad in front of us. It's all really futuristic and it's not going to be great at first. Yeah. But look, we're just going to give it a <laughs> we're going to give it a shot and just try it out and see how it goes. And so, you guys are committed to five episodes a week. Yes, we're going to do five episodes wow. a week. We're going to do every day. We can't even and, get our uh, shit we, together for one episode a week. <laughs> we barely be, are able to do that. Man. Yeah, but you have a job, Omar. This is going to be my job. This is yeah. going to be what I'm putting all of my effort into, and I'm really excited about it. Cool. Right now, I'm excited about doing five days a week. We'll That's see. That's true. I'm it, excited for you, man. You know, That's gonna say, so, Maybe we'll have Sam Fridays. You know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Dude, uh, <laughs> if you do Sam Fridays, you, I'm going to have to quit my job just to make Sam Fridays every Friday because I love Sam so much, dude. I swear to God. Kevin. He doesn't love you, Omar. He man, hung up on you. Man, towards the uh, towards the end of Kevin in the Morning, dude, I, man, it was it was such an uphill battle to get Sam on the air. I fucking hated yes, it, it so much. And I know you had my back, but you also had to kind of like deal with Allie and the whole creative Listen, crew, you know? No man, one likes Sam. <laughs> I had to fight. When Bean was there, I had to fight with Bean half the time, yeah. and then half the time he would... He would be in, but do you remember when we came back on the first day of January 2020 at 5.30 and we came on with Sam with his stupid little flute? Yep, absolutely. The Sam and Kevin the show. Best. That oh. was the best, dude. Yeah, the Sam People and Kevin were show. so mad at me. Wow. <laughs> and it went on for like that 10 minutes. Awesome. Yes, it did. <laughs> People were like, oh, those are 10 minutes. I'll never get back from my life. You made like production, <laughs> yeah. Sam and Kevin production and all that. It was, that was, it was the best, man. It was the best. Hey, <laughs> gring, 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 gring. Hey, Dave, you know what time it is? It's time to feed Rhonda. No, 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 no. It's sponsor time, man. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. What's up, Bo? Hey, man. Uh, can I stuff your stocking? You can stuff whatever you got, wherever you want. All righty. Then I'm going to stuck my in your and then I'm going to take your hole and I'm going to it inside out until it prelapses. And then I'm going to take your eyeball and then it's going to make you and then it's going to be a good time because drizzle all all over it. Uh, I thought you were talking about a Christmas stocking. I was. I like oh. going. I like going to town on my stockings. <laughs> anyway, if you're looking for that ultimate stocking stuff for this holiday season, other than my dick, then look no further because our sponsor Manscape has got you covered. Yup, from below the waist grooming and hygiene products, and great news—they just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. Crikey! Hey, remember when, when that dude used to do that subpart Australian accent? Those were the days. What happened to what that happened? guy? I don't know, dude. Yeah. I think he's dead. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've been loving my Manscaped gear, especially the fact that it's waterproof. I could hop in the shower and just go to town on my boys. And presto, changeo, no hero. And I've been loving the Weed Whacker. That's for your nose and ears. Look, man, men of our certain age start growing hair in the weirdest places, so these Manscaped products are a godsend. And like I've said before, if you want to support Janky Town, this is a great way of doing it. Yeah, you get a little something and you lo- and you lose a lot of un- unwanted hair. And I'm sure the lady in your life would love you for it. Or if you're the lady and you want to send a subtle hit or maybe n- a not so subtle hint, get him the lawnmower 3.0 and put it in his stocking. Then he can stuff yours later on without that ball fro that you're sick of. <laughs> Manscaped has so many things that are perfect for stockings including the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, 
Crop Reviver Ball Toner, Crop Cleanser Body Wash, Crop Mop Ball Wipes, Foot Duster, Foot Deodorant, and Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit. Go stuff a stocking with Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code JANKY20. Be the ballsiest <laughs> gift giver this year with Manscaped. Ho, ho, ho. All right, Dave. Can I stuff your asshole now? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> No. I guess that's a yes. <laughs> that was tight. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, Janky Twenty, please go uh, support the podcast and get something in return. And uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so we threw out the uh, the bat signal to our uh, Janky Town listeners, all our janksters, yes. and uh, they actually called the jank line at eight five five Janky six nine, and they left a couple of messages uh, for you. All right, so uh, let's uh, play a couple of these for you. Uh, here is the first one. Hey guys, I've got a couple of questions for Kevin. Uh, first of all, have you tried the new Christmas cookies flavor ice cream from Bluebell? It is sugar cookie ice cream with chunks of chocolate chip, sticker doodle, and sugar cookies in it with red sprinkles and green icing. It tastes like a frosted, uh, like one of those frosted sugar cookies. Uh, with a little bit of cinnamon and chocolate in it as well. You should give it a shot. And uh, make sure you put it in your mouth and not all over your walls. Okay, that's for the first part the first part of the question. <laughs> that sounds awesome, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, it all goes on my walls, so I don't know exactly. What Here's the second part. To do about that. A second question. Uh, back on the Kevin and Bean show, I had an Afro call played on the air on Bean's very last day where I uh, delivered a eulogy to him. And I thought that was really cool that it got played on air. Were there any Afro calls over the years that were so significant or impactful that you can still think about them today? My name is Kay, podcast listener from West Texas. That's a great question because I tend to remember the ridiculous ones the most. Yeah. The ones that are very moving, like if somebody gave us a compliment, we always expected them to go, but... I hated when you did blah, blah, blah. So we, <laughs> it was sort of an odd thing to get just a straight compliment. And for some reason, I don't remember many of those. And I think just the way my mind works, I was expecting something else after that. And it wouldn't come. And I would be pleasantly surprised and move on. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, here's the next one. Hey, hey, guys. Uh, this is Dan from uh, Pico Rivera. And I just have a question I need to ask Kevin Ryder. After years and years of being in radio and accomplishing so much, how does he feel when someone just... Yeah! Oh, man! I was destroyed when we told that story on the air because everybody started calling and gargling. <laughs> you know, it was funny because at that point, I had been on the show for like 18, maybe the 19 years, and I had never heard that story. And as soon as people started calling the Afroline, yep. I'm the guy who I would always put those in, for, in yep. first because I was like, oh, my God. that And that just those was... Those that didn't hear that, when in the first three or four years, Bean and I, would one of us would start gargling and we would keep gargling until the other one started doing the monster mash and 
If it took 10 minutes, Bean would gargle for 10 minutes until I started. I finally would just give up and do the monster mash. We would do that to each other for four or five years, probably. That is insane. That's just, just, that's like the definition of insanity on the radio, man. Yes, it is. You know, I love it. it. Love it. But that's, that's the reason you kind of got into radio. I think you were mowing lawns or something. You heard some dudes on the radio having, having a blast, right? And that made you want to get into radio? It seemed like it was. It just seemed like they were having so much fun. And I thought, wow, that seems like that would be a lot more fun than what I'm doing right now. (laughs) So I went and started a broadcasting course in college and sort of worked my way up and got very, very lucky and ended up working at K-Rock. Yeah. Isn't it isn't it weird how luck has a lot to do with, uh, you know, how you end up? It has almost everything to do with my career. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same here. All right. uh, We have another call here. Hi. This uh, question is for Kevin. Since leaving K-Rock, who are you the happiest to not have to work with anymore? Got to be Beer Mug, right? (laughs) Probably Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Dave. (laughs) There's not really anybody that I dislike that much. I love people that I work with. Yeah, everybody was so like-minded at K-Rock. Everybody was so different, but like-minded. They all had the same kind of common goal, which was to was sort have of all a good the time. same energy, yeah. which you don't find very often. True, true, true. I, yeah, I was so glad that I was able to find that so early on in life. You know, I started at K-Rock yeah. my career in 22 or something, and now, you know. Omar, by the way, uh, lied his ass off to get that job. <laughs> lied about everything that he could do. I did, Kevin. And uh, can I ask you about that really quick? Sure. So I was answering the phones at K-Rock and Bean had hurt his back and he needed help with some machines uh, down the elevators. And I noticed that there was this black guy auditioning for the board out position. And I just hit him up I'm like, hey, who's this guy in there? He's just like, well, you know, Jimmy Jam James is going to go do full time production for us. And uh, you remember Jimmy Jam James? I sure do. Big we mama. had to fire him because he stopped coming in. I'm not sure which happened first. Yeah. I think he stopped coming in first. And then we he were just, like, dude, we're going to have to fire you. He now. just didn't give a shit. Shit, did he? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so so Bean, um, he asked me, uh, yeah, we're auditioning for a board op. Do you know how to run a board? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've been running a board for you know a couple of months now. I had never been inside the studio <laughs> on that side yep. of the, in, in, on that side. So um, I auditioned, and by the it was a week audition, and Big Mama James was trying to show me as much as possible. But he didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. He You're was the worst bad. teacher. I did. But my question to you is, and thank you, you know, what made you give me a chance? Because I remember distinctly, Bean said that Kevin has to work with that dude. I'll let Kevin make the decision. And you you were the one that made the decision to hire me. Do you remember why? Um, I think that you were, I th- honestly, I think that you were competent enough to yeah. match my level because my <laughs> competence wasn't great. So, and it was... Just like everybody else. It was your energy. It was the energy of everybody around us. Your energy matched our energy. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a perfect example of one of those things that it just kind of, I was at the right spot, you know, at the right time. Omar lied every step of the way. (laughs) Yeah, I know how to run the board. He didn't. And then he came in and he's like, I want to do production. And he said, well, do you know how to use audition? Yes, absolutely. Do you know how to do production? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And then every step of the way. I I, I did. I lied. It it was one of those things where I lied first and then I figured it out later. And I remember when I started production, no kidding, I would work, you know, Monday through Friday and I had a couple of, uh, you know, other jobs working at Sam Ash and Denny's. But on the weekends, I was there 12 hours a day on Saturday and Sunday just learning how to edit. And I started off by just editing regular (laughs) interviews, best of and stuff. And then I worked my way up. Well, the thing is, is that you learn quickly. 
and you were the best production guy that we ever had. Thanks, man. Thanks and for giving me a shot. yet you lied. You're a liar. <laughs> so you'll always be known as a liar. <laughs> All right. We have uh, one final call here. Yo, right. this question is for Kevin, the dog rider. Uh, my roommate, Dave Orris, wants to know, how big is your dog? <laughs> foot whoa <laughs> wow wow i didn't what <laughs> foot. oh right man now. it's the covid coming back kevin do you have the rona yeah <laughs> two feet <laughs> two and a half feet. oh man um okay Three. and then uh, we also have some comments from our uh, social media handles and uh, you could find us on social media at jankytown69 all right this one comes from Rawl. uh how are the fingers doing I'm so pissed. I slammed my middle finger on my right hand in the car door and fractured it and then also did tendon damage to the knuckle. So I'm still wearing... This was almost two months ago. I still have to tape my two fingers together. I'm getting an MRI on Monday to see if I have to get surgery. Oh, my God. Are you serious? All because you slammed your... your, Wow. Which I don't know how you do that. You slam your own car door on your fingers. Yes, that happened. And I don't know just either, like, Dave. Yeah, just like the rest of us, you didn't go to a doctor because you're I didn't a man go to the doctor and, for three weeks. <laughs> and my daughter, who's studying physical therapy, said, dude, you need to go to the doctor. And I said, yeah, yeah, whatever. It doesn't <laughs> hurt that bad. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. For three weeks, she bugged me. And she's like, no, seriously, you need to go. And so finally, I went to the doctor after three weeks. And the doctor said, you should have come right away. We would have put it in a cast. <laughs> and then I had to come home and tell my daughter that she was right and I was wrong oh and I should have gone God. right away and I'm an idiot man and she's a smart woman and it's all true and she's just <laughs> so still I have my fingers in these stupid braces and then I have to figure out if I have to get surgery. Is it, so. sad, is it sad Dave? Answer this for me. Is it sad that I kind of see future me and Kevin with my daughters? Oh, no. no, no, no. And you don't think so? No, I'm saying please don't because oh. it's not the way to go. If that's I had funny. listened to my daughter, I most likely wouldn't have my fingers taped right now. Oh, man, that's crazy. They're going to fall off, dude. You know they are. You're going to lose That's your very possible. <laughs> All right. This one comes from Rachel. Do hey, you I know this. Is, pra- this. is this the bitch Rachel that always thinks we have no new fans? <laughs> is that her? No, that's Callie. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but Rachel Very, does I have like a that you pro- go off on her first the warm before yeah. you. Yeah, but Rachel does have an issue with us playing uh, the Jankline calls way late, but we're getting better at it. So, yeah. so sure you're not. You just played them after an hour. <laughs> hey, hey, you're, not, you're not playing them early. You it, just played them. But no, it usually takes us when when they call and leave the voicemail. It usually takes oh. us like a month to get to them. I see. You know, and yeah, when, when so we were doing I agree the, with Rachel. When we were doing the B team, dude, it was like some some calls were like a year old when we would get to them. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. That, that was I think Rachel was right. And, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but her question is: uh, Do you still practice opposite day? And when was the last time you had one? This is going to make me sound so crazy. You I are do, crazy. Usually, Stop saying this is going to make me sound crazy. You are crazy. I usually do opposite weekend. So I start oh. Friday and I end Sunday. So when I get in the car, I put on a country radio station or, or Spanish radio station or something that I don't like. That's the opposite of what I normally listen to. And then I go see a movie that, you know, back when life was life, I go see a movie that I wouldn't normally watch and I eat food that I almost never eat. And I just I sort of started doing that a long time ago to keep make sure I didn't get in a rut. 
Occasionally, I would come across some stuff that I really liked, and I sort of broadened my horizons that way. But most of the time, it sucks, and it's not that much fun (laughs) because it's stuff that you don't like to do. But yes, I still do it, and I probably did it a month ago. But that's how you grow. Yeah, you grow as a person, right? When when you're out of your comfort zone is where you kind of like learn new things, and you like learn, hey, I I don't hate that as much, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, especially like a movie that you didn't think looked good or a movie that you did think looked good that was awful. Like, yeah. there are a lot of movies that I instantly write off in my head because they don't have enough louds, and yet they're great. So probably finding movies and music is the biggest thing. But for the most part, I hate it because I hate it. And so that never changes. <laughs> so what was the last thing you did, though? Um, the same thing. I watched uh, movies on TV that I didn't think look good was it the queen's gambit that bullshit chess i watched the queen's gambit that was really good listen asshole my wife tried to get me to watch that no fuck no you know why because it's it's about chess you fuck stick it's a lot about chess. You know that's, that's my complaint. There's a lot of chess in it. So my wife was like all about it. And, uh, you know, my wife has pretty good taste. And she probably, if I were to watch it, I guess it would it would probably be fine. But there was so if much chess, Kevin. It, yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. If you would watch it, you would love it. Yeah. But I agree that there's so much chess. So I put that on social media and a guy, USC homie, who always responds is like, yeah, it's about chess, dumbass. And I was like, yeah, I know, but... I know, but it's like in Rocky, they don't show you all of his training in real time. Right. They put together a montage. Like, it was it was a lot of chess. And my, my wife, my mom. I will say this, Omar. Yeah. If you sat through it, you would love it. Yeah, my wife was saying that it's more about her mental health and her struggles and yes. how she dealt with that. And, yeah, and how she that. had to, you know, grow up in a world that is dominated by men and who look at her because she's weaker because she's a woman. You need to listen to Cassie Bourne. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> my life would probably dramatically improve. <laughs> yes, it would. All right. So, Kevin, watch the Taylor Swift uh, special on Disney+. Plus. No, I didn't go that far. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> All right. And the last question is from this guy named Ralph Garmin. Uh, <laughs> does does he miss Ralph Garmin terribly or just so very much? <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird to talk to him for an hour and a half when I was writing that chapter. Oh, on the shit. Book and, you did? Yes, oh, about because, the Jacques Chirac thing. Yes. He was... He was doing an impression and he was talking to the president of France and it was so bizarre and it was fun to catch up with him. So I would say A and B. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're going to have uh, options. We're going to have Ralph on uh, in January sometime. I can't wait to catch up with that dude. Yeah, totally. Uh, I have one final thing from the Kevin and Bean days. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to pinpoint anything, but (laughs) do you have one thing that you're going to miss the most, whether it be interviewing guests, interviewing bands, going to Acoustic Christmas, Weenie Roast. Uh, do you have like one thing that you're like, odd oh, man, that, that, that sucks that that's kind of gone? I, I've sort of thought about that. And I did love and still love <laughs> Miss Double D. No, con- no concerts. Yeah. Like we would do Acoustic Christmas and we would be responsible for almost nothing. And we could watch that amazing show. And I did love every single one of those. But I'll tell you, it really does come down. This is going to sound super corny, especially for you, Omar. Mm. <laughs> it really does come down to the camaraderie of the team. Yeah. It sort of felt like we were in the trenches and we were fighting for the same cause. And when we found something that was funny, we would die laughing. And I miss the camaraderie of yeah. everybody there that was all like pushing toward one goal. That was the 
best part about it. I agree. The, 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 the commitment that we all had to just letting, you know, us, you know, whether it be sounding stupid on the air because something dumb happened in our life, but we, we would bring that on the air because the number one goal was to put on a good show. It doesn't matter who was the ass in the joke, which it was me a lot of. Mm. Um, it just mattered that it was entertaining and it was funny. And we all sort of had that same goal. So if Omar had to come in and tell an embarrassing story, he would do it because yeah. he was part of the group. And that's what we were doing. Totally. That was the best part. Cool, man. You, we appreciate your time. And uh, and Sam. I miss Sam. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> uh, we want to wrap things up here with uh, friendsandhelpers.org. I know things have yes. changed so dramatically because you're not able to do the, the hits. Uh, let, let the listeners know how they can help friendsandhelpers.org and how they could donate and give the target cards and all that good stuff. This is our charity for abused women and children. And when they have to leave a home, especially this time of year, it's incredibly difficult. They run to a shelter. And these shelters take them in and they give them training so that they can get a job on their own and start their lives over. And so in the past, we, this has been a huge push for us has been the holidays because, mm -hmm. because they don't have any money. And so you don't want to not be able to give your kids something for Christmas or for Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate. And so we would spend a tremendous amount of time hooking people up with families and gifts and what they wanted, what the kids wanted specifically, what the moms wanted specifically. But because everything that's going on, it's been brutal. And most of the uh, people who volunteer at these shelters have been laid off and a lot of the shelters are just jam-packed with people that are sort of making their own way and they have to be incredibly careful about their health because if one of them gets sick if they get covid then they have to be separated from the group and oh, they have man. to put them in a hotel and they don't really have the money to do that so we're not able to interact with them like we had been able to in the past so we can't we have one drop-off time and we have two guys that are going to do the drop off and they're going to go into quarantine before they do the drop off. Wow. And they're going to go drop off. So pretty much everything else that we have is gift cards. And we're just asking for Target gift cards or money on the website at friendsandhelpers.org because at Target, they have food. Yeah. At Target, they have toys. At Target, they have clothes. They sort of have everything that these families could need. And so really our role this year is that we've had to cut out all of the personal interaction, all of the toys and that personal life service. And mm -hmm. we're just trying to support them by giving them money, giving them target gift cards. And that's about all we can do this year. And cool. it's sort of really been a very difficult year, especially like imagine you're leaving your home, you're running from abuse and now you have to deal with COVID and people can't go places. And it's just been a brutal year. Yeah. And also, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this because it's hard to listen to. But when you're in quarantine with somebody who's abusive, it's much, much worse. Oh, and yeah. so that whole situation this year has been so much worse and yeah. people have to escape it. And so basically, we're just we're asking people for money. We're asking people for Target gift cards. And we understand it's a really difficult financial time right now. And if you can't help right now, maybe you can help next year. It's OK. But if you can go to friendsandhelpers.org and you can give money there or 
gift cards or whatever and we appreciate it man that's that's so awesome dude we appreciate yeah. you for uh you know taking the time to do that even though I you mean, know i do very little you know i'm just the spokesperson <laughs> yeah. The beautiful yeah. Spokesperson. yeah and i want to i want to give a shout out to all the kevin and bean fans who uh who made donations and got the t-shirts uh i know I like agree. they went I like that i you know because i put it out there like hey if you just donate 10 bucks i'll send you a shirt and uh people were putting out 69 bucks for for us oh since they're like hey janky town 69 oh, nice. 69 dollars some one person from australia donated a hundred dollars and i sent her a shirt all the way down so i still have a couple of medium kevin in the morning black shirts if if uh, anyone wants them just make a donation and contact me and and i'll send them your way and let's just get some more money for those and people. thanks dave for coming up with that idea and thanks to everybody who always comes through and goes to our website and donates money it's yeah it's handy you, you could uh, select friends and helpers as your uh, amazon smile so when you're you know not supporting small businesses and using amazon you could at least help kevin by uh <laughs> selecting uh friends and helpers you have to on put amazon a, you have smile to put a negative spin on it don't you <laughs> yeah i'm just yeah, saying yeah. listen listen everyone's go to, gonna use amazon so just if you put, go to smile.amazon.com you can make that your home that you always go to when you go to amazon and you can put in friends and helpers or whatever your other favorite charity organization is and a certain portion of your money that you spend will go to that charity so that yeah. would be very cool too man yeah. thank you so much for you know doing this podcast it's it just truly amazing and it's so so much fun to catch up with you and uh, janksters definitely check out kevin Ryder and cycle mike on their new venture it's going to start january 4th it is called great news it's going to be available wherever you get your podcast and on youtube and five days a week and it's free <laughs> right? It sounds like a stupid yeah. idea, doesn't it? Oh, man, dude, I love it and I can't wait for it. It sounds amazing. No Patreon bullshit, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kevin, I hope maybe you and Psycho Mike both can maybe, uh, you know, visit Jankytown again, maybe sometime in uh, February or March. Uh, once you guys... You know, Mike, he's down for everything okay. as I am. So love yeah, it, dude. of course we will. Awesome, dude. Thanks so much for being in Jankytown. Thanks, Omar. I miss you. Thanks, Dave. Your hosts of Jankytown are Dave the King of Mexico, Johnny Beer Mug, and me, DJ Omar Khan. Thank you so much for listening. Jankytown is a janky production. Recorded, engineered, produced by Omar Khan. If you would like your own podcast produced by Omar Khan, please feel free to contact him at djomarkhan at gmail.com. And if you ever need a DJ for a wedding, anniversary, birthday party, no matter what occasion, please visit djomarkhan.com for the best in high-end DJ services. Wow, I'd really like penis.